This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Okay, so let's welcome Pastor John Ahana. Magnificent God, stand in awe of you. You are great, you are mighty, you are strong, you are excellent. And there is no like you. You are the great I am. You are our savior, our deliverer, our healer, our provider, our way maker. You are our everything. You're the high tower, you're the hiding place. You're everything that we need, we want, and that we desire. Clap your hands again and release a praise. I need to hear more. All right, you can be seated. Um, I am so grateful to be here, and I honor the man of God, Pastor Foju. Can you honor him for a minute? Can we honor you? Amazing. Thank you for being a visionary to his amazing wife, the servant of the Lord. I love your hospitality. I love your hospitality. All right, we have quite a few scriptures today, if you don't mind. Just quite a few scriptures. And... I want us to start in Psalms 42. Psalms 42. A very familiar passage of scripture that we read, and it's David when he wrote in Psalms 42 and 1, is the heart pants after the water brooks. So panteth my soul after thee, O God. It is David that has written this, and the thing is important is, what was David going through when he decided to pin this? He was at a place of desperation. He was at a place of stress. He was at a place of anxiety. But when things start out with him, they started out pretty good. If you back it up in, in um, 1 Samuel 16, it is when he's called out of the field. He does not submit a resume. He does not apply for a job. God brings his name up. The last time I was here, I kept telling you, say your name. Just release your name in the atmosphere. I'm a firm believer that God will grab your name, take it to where it needs to be at the right time, put it in the right spirit at the right time, and your name will be brought up at the right time. Those of you that believe that God will bring your name up, I just need you to say your name right here. Say your name right there. John Hannah. John Hannah. And so then we know that Samuel goes to the house and he calls David into the field after his brothers had gone in. Say, no, neither one of these is. And then when David walks in, he says, yep, this is he. And the Bible lets us know that he anointed him in the midst of his brethren. In other words, the oil on your life cannot be hidden. Bible. After he's anointed, the Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Then he's called in to play for Saul, again, without applying, without submitting a resume. His gift makes room for him. He's called in to play, and when he plays, because he's anointed, he's then promoted. 1 Samuel 16 and 21, David came to Saul and entered his service. 
Saul liked him very much. And David became one of his armor bears. So in 16, he's anointed. In 16, he's promoted. And then in 17, he's challenged. He now steps out on the battlefield with a champion by the name of Goliath. Bible. Before he killed him with a stone or a sword, he killed him with his words. I say to you, the power of life and death is in your tongue. Commentaries say that David struck fear in Goliath because he spoke with so much confidence. Bible, through one stone, knocked him down. Bible, pulled his sword. Bible, cut his head off. Bible. Look at this in 1 Samuel 17 and 57. As David, as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. Here's the line I want you to get. With David still holding the Philistine's head. I want to challenge some of you all, hold on to your victories as long as you can. Everything that was designed to kill you, but God let you kill it. You don't have to hide it. I need you to hold it up and let everybody know that you are a slayer in the name of Jesus. Come on here. Is there anybody in the building that have enough victory that you could hold one hand up and say, did nobody do it but God? Those of you that have any kind of victory, you don't have to explain it. Just hold one hand up and say, God did it for me. So he's anointed in 16, he's challenged in 17, and then things take a turn. Now I need you to remember something. If you take notes, write this. Just because you're anointed does not mean you're exempt. Just because you're anointed, it doesn't exempt you from going through certain things. The anointing doesn't exempt you, but it empowers you to deal with it. I'll say that again. The anointing does not exempt you, but it empowers you to deal with everything that you'll have to go through. In 18, he has relational issues. What do you mean? The same man that he served, the same man that saw the gift now turns on him. In 18 and 29, Saul became still more afraid of him. Bible and remained his enemy the rest of his life. That is powerful to me because the Bible lets us know there are some people that are going to be your enemy as long as they live. So stop trying to make people be your friend that have been set aside to be your enemy. Mm. And you must become content with that they'll never like you. Wow. Another challenge in chapter 19, a family issue. In, in 1 Samuel 19, verse 12, with Saul chasing up there, we know that David had married Saul's daughter, Micah, and the Bible says in verse 12, so Micah let down, let David down through the window, and he fled and escaped. In other words, she, well, she was supposed to stick with her husband. She opened the window up and let him down. Some of you all, you will have family members that are supposed to stick with you, but rather than stick with you, they'll let you down. And you must be okay with them letting you go. Stop trying to crawl back into windows that already released you. Ready? Let's go further. Third issue, a covering issue. He does something that messes me up, and this is his last opportunity. Remember, Samuel was the one that laid his hands on him. Samuel was the one that poured his oil on him. Samuel was the one that was the prophet, the priest, and the judge. You ready? But now when things go wrong, he runs to who's been covering him. He runs to his senior. And you can see it right here in verse 18. When David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel. If you study scripture, this is his last time that he'll have contact with Samuel. There are some people that we've become comfortable running to that's called our spiritual covering. It's your prayer partner. It's your buddy. What do you do when God don't allow them to pick you up anymore? That now you have to stand on your own. It comes a season that some people will only assign to cover you for a season. 
Now that you have enough maturity under your belt, you must learn to stand on your own, pray for yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord. Watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. And if they never come back again, you have received everything that you're supposed to receive from them. They had their season in your life. Now watch me, now it's time for you to stand on your own. Let's go further. He has friendship issues. In 1 Samuel 20, then David left. This is his buddy. This is his BFF, his best friend. This is his road dog. This is the one that he said that he's going to be with forever. His boy, Jonathan. But Jonathan makes, makes a decision that he can't go with David either. Some of you all, I need you to hear me, there are some friends that you thought would be in your life forever. But what if I told you your anointing intimidate them? What if I told you that they can't go any further with you? Are you willing to sacrifice your destiny for a friend? Come on here. Come on here. And I need some of y'all would be okay with the friendship being over. <clears throat> Bible. Jonathan went back. David left and Jonathan went back to the town. In other words, there's a friendship cut. Fifth issue, location issue. Let's go. In 1 Samuel 21, verse 10, then David fled from Saul, his line, and went to Achish, the king of Gath. Everybody say Gath. Gath is the hometown of Goliath. So now you're running from Saul, and now you're running into the territory of your enemy. So now you are, you, are, you are in a strange land. Hear me and hear me clearly. Some of y'all, you're working at a place, but it's not your permanent destination. You're living at a place, but it's not the permanent place that you're going to live. It's your God. You're only going to be there for a little while. And the moment that God gets you out, eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard what God has for you. Is there anybody in the building or online that know that where you're, you're watching me, your location is not your permanent location, but it's called a drive through I'll only be here for a season, but while I'm here, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. And in spite of everything that I'm going through, I refuse to believe that God has forgotten about me. Those of you that know that you still got the oil. Those of you that know that God is still up to something in your life, watch me, anybody can praise God when you get to your destination, but it takes a special person to lift your hands in the midst of everything that you're going through and throw your head back and tell the Lord, but I still trust you. Do me a favor, lift your hands, close your eyes, throw your head back and tell the Lord, I still trust you. Now put a worship on that. Put a worship on that. Relational. So he has relational issues. Check. He has family issues. Check. He has a covering issue. Check. He has a friendship issue. Check. He has a location issue, check. He has a destiny issue. Because you were anointed to be a king, which means that you're supposed to be in a palace sitting on a throne. But if you go to the 22nd chapter, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. But I thought I was anointed to be a king. Why am I inside of a cave? But I thought that I was going to be next. Then why has God allowed me to be here? This is a lot of pressure for somebody who's anointed. There's someone in this building and online, you anointed, but you've been under a lot of pressure. And God sent me here today to explain your pressure. Some of you all, you've learned how to mask your pressure because you don't want anybody to know what you're going through. I have learned to seek out honest people. 
that if I tell you that I'm going through something that you won't judge my present and deny my oil. I wish you were sitting next to somebody that you could be open, honest, and transparent with. That you got family issues, that you got location issues, that you got friendship issues, that you have worship issues. Please make sure that you're around some honest people. You don't have to fake it for anybody. God would never anoint a lie. But he, he watch me, he acknowledged a, a truthful spirit. Even though I'm going through, I still believe God got me. I need you to make sure you're next to another honest person next to you, to your right and your left. Can you just nudge him and say, but still, God got me. God got me. God got me. I'm going through something in my family, but God got me. I'm going through some pressure right now, but God got <sighs> One last issue, and this is when it gets real. If you go to the 23rd chapter, David leaves Gath, and now he's not alone. He's running with 400 men. But Saul is on his heels. And if you pay close attention in 1 Samuel 23 and 26, Saul was going alone. They're on a mountain, and imagine, can somebody just give me a chair? Can you give me a chair? A chair. I just need a chair. I want to try to illustrate this the best way that I can. Thank you. So it's almost like, thank you. Um, Saul was going along on one side of the mountain. Watch me. And David and his men were on the other side, hurrying, trying to get away from what was next to pressure him. In other words, this is tight right now. Watch this. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them. In other words, it's closing in on you. I was talking to a preacher yesterday and depression began to close in on him. He went to work one day and was told, you're not going to be in the position that you're in anymore. As a matter of fact, we're going to demote you. This is a preacher. And he began to fill the clothes in that he went to the bathroom and grabbed pills to take his life because he felt as if his world was closing in on him. To the point that his wife had to call the police and they picked this preacher up in an ambulance to take him to the hospital. That this preacher ended up being in a mental institution for four days and is now on medication and now has to go to therapy weekly to make sure that he is out of reach of the pressure that he was under. Wow. Question, what kind of pressure have you been under lately? Question, what have you felt like has been closing in on you? Hmm. Question, how have you been responding to the closing? Hmm. Oh, I love these kind of conversations. Because in church, I don't know if it's like this in Africa, but we've been taught to keep the face like it's still good. Hmm. We've been taught to be deep in front of people when we're weak by ourselves. And who can you trust in your vulnerable state? Come on, let's go Bible. Bible, you ready? Job, when that thing began to close in on Job, he started cursing. Job 3 and 1, after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. 
What has been coming out of your mouth since you've been under pressure? It's quiet in here. It's getting quiet in here. Have you been cursing lately? Have you been using profanity? Have you been talking crazy? Have you been talking about divorce? Have you been talking about leaving? When the power of life is in your tongue. Have you been speaking against everything that God has done for you because of the present pressure that you're under? And when the words that come out of your mouth do matter. Remember when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they kept saying, we're going to die out here. We're going to die out here. And God told Moses, go and tell the children of Israel, I am going to give them exactly what I heard them say. And I came to let some of y'all know, it's time to flip your prophecy that you can no longer speak damnation. You can no longer speak another curse, but you must speak life. Ah, grandarabashiki. I come against every negative word you've spoken. I bind up the negativity that has come out of your mouth and I put a blessing ahead of every negative word that you've spoken. I decree and I declare that this is going to be one of the best years of your life. I decree and I declare that no weapon formed against you is going to be able to prosper. How have you been responding under pressure? Can you imagine Noah built an ark and then he'd been riding in this ark? There's no ventilation system. There's no air conditioning. This ark is stinking. It got three levels. He's surrounded by noisy, messy animals. He's sick of being in this ark. When he first came out, guess the first thing he did? He built an altar. The next thing he did, because of the pressure, he planted a vineyard. Have you been drinking since you've been under pressure? Ooh, it's really quiet now. Do you smell alcohol where you sit in? Or maybe you smell a little, what do they call weed in Africa? I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I called one of my pastor friends one day, I FaceTimed him, he wouldn't answer the phone. I said, this is weird. You wouldn't answer the phone. I kept calling because I'm, I'm a thug. I kept calling, you gonna answer this phone. You gonna answer this phone. He finally answered the phone. What up? I said, you high? That's why I didn't wanna answer this phone. Cause I knew you was gonna preach to me. I said, I got one question. Who is your weed man? Who do you trust enough with your future to drop you off some drugs? Because the moment you smoke, they're going to tell everybody what you're doing. What have you been intaking to relieve yourself temporarily of the pressure? Bible. Let's find Noah. Noah, a man of the soil in Genesis 9 to 21, proceeding to plant a vineyard when he drank some of his wine. He didn't just drink it. Look what the Bible says. And he became drunk. He was so drunk, he laying butt naked in the tent. He just started taking off his clothes. The same man that was anointed to build something is laying on the ground butt naked. To the point that one of his sons ran and saw his father naked and began to tell on him that the other sons put a cloth on their back on, on their shoulders and walked backwards to cover you. I pray that God will send you people that even when you're in a vulnerable state, that they will not see you and tell on you, but they'll cover you in prayer. They'll cover you. Lord, I'm shy. I wish you were sitting next to somebody who could cover you right now. Stop playing deep. Let's be honest. Touch the name and say, I cover you in all your shortcomings. I cover you when you become vulnerable. I cover you when you get under stress. I cover you when you feel like your world is crumbling. I cover you when the enemy lie to you. I cover you when you get out of character. I cover you when you give in to the desires of your flesh. I cover your past so that I can get you to your future. Ready? 
How do you respond when you get under pressure? Hey, do you have suicidal thoughts? Has, any, has the enemy ever told you you're better off dead than alive? But I'm anointed. Yep, you're anointed, but you're having suicidal thoughts. Can I show you this? How does the first king over Israel, the man that got the oil, the first, the one that gets to, to start something new, how does Saul end up falling on a sword? Have you paid attention to that? That the first king of Israel committed suicide. He's anointed, but he's committing suicide. He's a king, but he's committing suicide. I need you to hear me now. In the United States, they said something, ready? That the suicide rate is at an all-time high, but here's, here's, the, here's the killer. But the number one that's outrunning everyone is African-American men. 80% has increased among men. In other words, it's, 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 I call it the silent killer. Because men don't want to admit that they're under pressure. Because we have to act like we got it all together when we don't have it all together. Oh yeah. Hey ladies, if you're sitting next to a man, can you just reach over and touch the man on the shoulder and say, I cover you right now. Can you reach over and touch another man and say, I cover your kingdom, I cover your promise, I cover your family, I cover your destiny, I cover your name, I cover your ministry, I cover your finances, I cover your body, I cover everything. He's going to perfect those things that concern you. Come on, y'all, get in the spirit if you don't mind. Do me a favor, grab another man, lay your hands on him, and say, I come against every form of pressure that you're under right now. Every man, do me a favor. Stand to your feet, lift your hands, and go into worship right here. Every man that know that the devil's been coming after you, do me a favor, just stand to your feet and open you up and begin to worship God right where you are. Every man that's been under any kind of pressure, can you do me a favor? Can you lift your hands and open your mouth and worship your God right here, right there? Come on, we're going to move. Hey, ladies, if there's a man standing up near you, can you just touch him right there and say, you're covered right now. You're covered. We come against every form of pressure, every lie of the enemy, every assignment of the demons. Hey, do me a favor. Can you say, we cancel suicide right now. We cancel suicide right now. We we cancel the thought of suicide. We cancel, we cancel every lie that the devil is telling you. Do me a favor, come against the spirit of depression. On your way to your seat, men, Take another man's hand and say, we shall live and not die. We shall live and not die. Yay! You can be seated. I feel strength. The lifter is here. The chain breaker is here. Ready? So let me show you where he, where Saul takes his life. And it says in 1 Samuel 31 and 4, 
So Saul took his own sword and just fell on it. Can I tell you how David handled pressure? While they're on that mountain and Saul is this close and David is this close and it's like the heat is on. And the Bible said that they came and told Saul, the Philistines are invading. So just when he was having a panic attack, just when he's becoming a little fearful, God let something arise that turned his warfare in another direction. There's a scripture that says, and God will cause an ambush in the camp of your enemy. Which means that God has a way of confusing every demon that's coming after you. And I came to let some of y'all know he's about to cause an ambush at the top of the year. So the rest of your year will be all right. I will. He's about to cause an ambush on your job. He's about to cause an ambush about everything that's literally been closing in on you. So here we go. Ready? So then David, when it's this close, it's like an anxiety attack. His heart is beating. As the deer. As the deer. Pants. Desperate. Pants after the water brook. Why does the deer pant? Why does the deer feel like anxiety? What's going on with the deer when he begins to feel anxiety? Number one, when he's dehydrated, when he's dehydrated, when he hasn't had a, a fresh dip in water, when he hasn't had a fresh drink, he's been running, he's been busy, and now he's panting. Can I give you three things that happen to a deer? And for some of y'all, you're gonna be able to relate to this right now. As the deer pants, anxiety, fear, number one, his legs get weak, that he can't run as fast as he used to run. And there are many of you all, you're not moving at your pace. You're not moving as fast as you used. This is not your age, this is your warfare. Hmm. You're not moving, you, you're a mover and a shaker. You, you get things done fast, but you, you don't have your pace. And when a deer is dehydrated, his knees get weak that he can't outrun his predator. And some of y'all, things are easy to catch on to you because you're not moving at your space. You're not worshiping the way you used to worship. You're not coming to church the way you used to come to church. You're not in your word the way you used to come in your word. You're so glad this conference came because now it gets to push you, hopefully back into your desperate place. So number one, you don't move. Number two, when a deer is dehydrated, it can't see the way that it normally sees. Its sight becomes a little blurry. And some of y'all, you can't see the way you used to see. Some people can't even see that they're in a bad space. Some people can't even see that they're not as close as they used to be. Because, watch me, some people can't even see how the enemy's really at work. So number one, you can't run. Number three, you can't see. Number three, a deer's pores open up. And when the pores open up, it releases a scent that its predator can smell it even when it can't see it. And unfortunately, I came to tell some of y'all, based on your pressure, demons can smell your fear. Depression can pick you up in a minute. Low self-esteem can grab you in a minute because your pores are open. Because your pores open. Watch me. So a deer, please listen. A deer can smell water when it's miles away. A deer can smell water and it gives him a sense to keep pushing. Is there anybody besides me? I can smell a fresh wind coming. I can smell a move of God coming. I can smell that God's about to do something new in our lives. Ooh, I pray that God make your spiritual senses most sensitive. That you would know that God is up to something miraculous. 
please. And some deers run in packs. I need you to make sure you're next to another person that's sensitive. Can you just touch your neighbor and say, a move of God is about to come in this building. Come on, come on, I need you to speak that. Come on, say, God's about to do something fresh. Come on, come on, hold on, hold on. Come on, come on, come on. Touch the name and say, I say, I smell a breakthrough. Mm. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, touch the one in front and say, I smell a miracle. Okay, calm down, John, calm down. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, ready. So when a deer can smell, when a deer can smell, it makes a conscious decision, give it all you got. And I came to ask some of y'all at this conference, if you don't mind, can you give it all you got? Ooh, I need you to hear me. What do you mean give it all you got? Forget about everything. Forget about everybody. Forget about the pressure that you've been under. As a deer, I need him, 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 as a deer, I need him, I need him, I need him, as a deer, as a deer, as a deer, I need God, 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 I need a miracle, I need a breakthrough, I need a healing, I need God to do something for me, I need God to break this chain, I need God, I need God, as a deer, as a deer, pants, has the deer pants and he can smell water. Can I show you something? Pay attention. Watch this. Pay attention. When the deer finally finds the water, please listen, he doesn't run to the water and just start drinking. No, no. He doesn't take one of his paws and tap the water like that. Watch me. This is not that kind of water. The only way that you're going to get what you need, you're going to have to dive in. Mm, mm, mm. Some of y'all, while worship is going on, you tapping. mm mm while the preach word is going on, you've been on social media. You just tapping. Mm-mm. Where we are right now, you can't care what anybody thinks. You can't care what anybody say. You got to get ready to dive in. Because when you dive in, watch this, your, your bones are going to get strong again. <laughs> watch me. And a deer doesn't just stand in the water. A deer has learned how to flip over and turn around just like this. Because the more it flips, pay attention, its pores begin to close to the point that the enemy won't smell you when you come out. Ah, I'm trying to stay up here. I'm trying to stay up here. Watch me, watch me, watch me. He begins, his eyes become a little bit more clearer because the enemy was on his trail. But God is about to give you your strength back and you're about to outrun everything that was designed to kill you. Those of you that know that you're in the right place at the right time and that God is about to give you a miracle. Okay, calm down. Watch me, watch me, watch me. I know my assignment. I know my assignment when I came here. I have been assigned to push you in the water. I have been assigned. Y'all not ready? Come on here. I have been assigned to push you in prayer. I have been assigned to get you up under the glory of God. Where's the water? Where's the water? Where's the water? Where's the water? Where is the water? Where is the spiritual water that we need to get our vision back? Where is the spiritual water that you need to get your strength back? Where is the spiritual water that you need to close up your pores that the enemy cannot find you because God is about to put you, pay attention, in a secret place. Uh, okay, calm down. I need you to make sure you're next to another worshiper. Lift your hands and open your mouth just for 10 seconds and worship God right here. 10, worship, 9, 8, uh, 7, 6, 5, Era four grande shake rosso patata rabasa shake se roto masha some of y'all you're real sensitive in the spirit some of us can smell the anointing I can't explain it 
but there's a sweet aroma that are coming in the building. Give me 10 more seconds of you worshiping. 10, nine, eight, chase, run, chase, run, chase, run. Like, it's, like your life is dependent upon it. Run, run, chase, run, run, run. You ran to this conference. You ran in the building because the enemy is after you. Run. Altar workers come up front. Altar workers come up front. Shia, I came to get you today. I came to get you today. Everyone stand, I came to get you today. I came to get you out of the, I came to get you out of the grip of the enemy. It's too much. It's too much. Stress is a silent killer. You cannot die. You have to live. I got 10 minutes. I got 10 minutes. I got 10 minutes. Yay. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. In America, the pandemic took a toll. It took a toll to the point that churches closed down, to the point that people left ministry, to the point that people who had positions and titles in church, to the point that people who were anointed, you can't even find them anymore. It took a toll. And I started feeling rejection because people that I was looking for, I couldn't find them. People who I was expecting to be there weren't there. And then I ended up going to see a counselor. And I want, I want to say this, and I need you to hold the music one minute. And I wasn't going to share this, but when I was in my hotel, the Lord says, I need you to share this because the same spirit is on a lot of people. The therapist told me, you are used to setting yourself on fire to make everyone else warm. That they'll go away happy and you'll go away miserable because you set yourself on fire to make everybody else warm, but nobody offers you a match. That's too much pressure. Then the therapist told me, you have a tendency of putting things in a corner until they pile up, and then it becomes overwhelming for you to address your issues. And then the Lord began to speak to me. John, you have always gotten your strength by coming to my house, by getting on the altar, and by calling on Jesus. You have learned that his ear is not too heavy that it cannot hear you, that his hand is not too short that it cannot save you. You've allowed the enemy to take your travail. That he's almost silencing you, but your deliverance is in your sound. Mm-hmm. And I've learned in, in the United States, we do something that we just get on the altar. And this is how I was raised. This is how my grandmother raised us. She said, just call on Jesus. And we would get on the altar and be like, Jesus. Jesus, 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 
veuf. Because he's a very present help in the time of trouble. And there are quite a few in this building I came to get you today before it breaks you. You are on the enemy's hit list. He wants to silence you. He wants to take your smile off of your face. He wants to stop you from being who God created you to be. He wants to make you give in to your soul that you stop reigning the way that God has called you to reign. Oh, but I came to tell you the devil is a liar. If you've been under any kind of pressure, stress, that you know you're a lot off, that you've been feeling like it's too much, Where's the water? I gave you this yesterday in Ezekiel 47. The water is in the house of God. The water is on the altar of God. It's okay. You're going to hear some demons cry out because they know their season is up. There's about to be a major deliverance in this house. You're not leaving this conference the way you came. If you know I'm talking to you, on the count of three, get out of your seat and meet me on the altar. One, two, three, move. Move. I don't care if you're a preacher. I don't care if you're a teacher. Get up here. Get up here. Get up here. Everybody say every chain will be broken. I need him. I need him. I need him. Anybody want to be happy again? Anybody want your smile back? Anybody want your drive back, your persistence? Uh, Grandada. We push back darkness. Mm. We distract your enemy. We cause an ambush in the camp of your enemy. Yeah. I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me. We're about to dive in. I mean, let's go in until all your pores are closed. Let's go in until you get your vision back. Let's go in until you get your strength back. Pray in the Holy Ghost for a few seconds. Anybody that know how to pray in the Holy Ghost? Pray in the Holy Ghost for a few seconds. Shake it, rotor, rebi, and that about another basi under the bosiki. 
Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Yeah, y'all see. Yeah, yeah, y'all see. Let your glory fill this place. As the deer pants. As the deer pants. We desire you. As the deer pants. Yay! Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Open your mouth and pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes. Come on, just a few more seconds. And I'm going to be done in a few minutes. Break every chain. Break. 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 Push. Go in. Let's get lost in worship for a few minutes. Let's get lost in worship for a few minutes. Open your mouth and release your sound. Glory. Come up. Get lost in worship for a few minutes. Just a few minutes. Come on, I don't have much long. I got to go. But lift your hands. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. From the front to the back. From the left to the right. We worship you. Dive into worship. Go in until something break. Until something break. Few more minutes. Few more seconds. Go in from the front to the back. Come on, Africa. Break every chain. Break every chain. Push, push, listen, I have to get ready to turn the mic over, but I feel like there's another shift in the building, and I know what God told me he wanted to do in this building. Every thought of death is about to be canceled. Every thought of suicide is about to be canceled. Your eyes in the spirit are about to be open. And you are about to see the promises of God become your reality. Those on the altar stand to your feet. We are about to release a dive-in shout.
You are about to release a sound that will hit the internet. You're about to release a sound that whenever this is played, deliverance will be on it. You're about to leave this conference running at a fast speed. It's about to be suddenly. Everybody open your mouth and declare the one word, suddenly. We're about to release a shout. And I'll give you a few minutes. I mean, go hard. Go after God for a few seconds. And I'm about to turn this microphone over. On the count of three, please dive all the way in. Don't play with it. I mean, go in. Forget about everybody in the building. Forget about everything that you've been going through. You are in the house of God. That's where the water is. You are on the altar. That's where the water flows. There's about to be a flow in this building. On the count of three, release your shout and go for broke. One, two, three. Go, go. Go. Break, 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 break. Break! 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 Russell! Break! 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 Free break. Break. On your way back to your seat, just declare that word. Break. Go back to your seat. Break. Break. Break! 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 hear what freedom sounds like open your mouth can I hear what freedom sounds like 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 yeah young
turning it back over to Pastor. I'll be back tomorrow. I don't know what time. He'll tell me later. But as far as I know, hear me clearly. Something broke at the top of the year. You are no longer in the grip of the enemy. I decree and I declare your next 11 months are about to be full access. Release your praise right there. Go, go, go. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Now on to the Lamb upon the throne. We reign.